chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, folks. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Ryan Hurley. We have part two, as a matter of fact, of our interview with Ryan Hurley and and really what the anatomy of a bill is, how we go about crafting one, how we go about putting it in front of uh, potential legislatures, uh, how we get it on on ballots, um, how we uh, get signatures. We've, we've got a lot to to uh, cover tonight, and uh, I'd like to welcome back uh, with us Ryan Hurley. Ryan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for coming back. I know it's a long drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, we, we, we talked a bit about, uh, you know, uh, your involvement, uh, you know, with uh, early on adopting, um, assisting uh, businesses kind of start up, uh, whether it be through through zoning or uh, just uh, uh, best practices, and then, you know, also being asked participate with uh, the the 2016 initiative in Arizona what's what's on the horizon what's what's the next steps that you guys have in front of you right now yeah so next step we're really you know in the drafting process right now so next step will be uh, sort of finalizing that with the first sort of internal group and then uh, and then rolling that out to the to the next set of stakeholders for their comments and incorporating those and polishing the draft and uh, the, you know, the goal is to try to get it filed in February, uh, Secretary of State, and, and at which time we'll be able to start collecting signatures. And, and then that's the next Herculean task is really gathering those, you know, 250 some odd thousand signatures uh, that we'll need uh, so we make sure we have a plenty of uh, a cushion there. And over the, the following year and a half, uh, making the case to voters whenever we can. But the, this will be a paid signature gathering, I'm assuming, correct? Oh yeah, without a doubt. It, there hasn't been a citizens' initiative that has gotten on the Arizona uh, in the last two decades uh, that I know of circulated without paid signature gathers. It's just uh, every you just have have to do it. I mean, two hundred thousand signatures in in a year and a half is a, is a Herculean task, and uh, you know, particularly in in the summer when nobody's here and nobody wants to stand outside all day, uh, and and we have such a, a far flung population. It's really you know, it's not like New York where you could stand on a corner and see 40,000 people walking by the street in an hour, you know. It, it really is a hard task here in this state, and, and you have to use state signature gatherers. So but that'll be basically 60, 60%, 70% of the initial budget for this uh, for this effort. Watching and, and, and participating in the last uh, drive, you know, I mean, we, we'd collected probably, you know, three, 350 signatures. For the most part, I, I enjoyed it. You know, we, we pulled out a little bit early just, because it, it didn't seem like there was enough momentum uh, early on, and it was unfortunate. But it, it nonetheless would have been very, very difficult, I'd imagine, uh, to get too far from what I'm gathering uh, as I'm learning. You know, again, I, I'm one of those people that, and I, I slept through, I didn't vote until Prop 203. You know, that was that was my first time voting. I uh, jumped great. on the Glad bandwagon. Uh, me too. You know, as a matter of fact, I was one of those guys that um, I got my early ballot. You know, I, I was able to do that. I signed up all proper. Matter of fact, it was my first time to vote. I was going to do it right. So I did. And I turned it in the day of elections. 
So, you know, that obviously means that they got counted after the fact. I'm, I'm still kind of proud of that because it was those late ballots that wound up tipping the scale. You know, it was those extra 4,000 at the end yeah. that got counted. And I'm sure I was up in that mix. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's important that, uh, you know, the people like myself um, that are just now kind of understanding the importance of these differences, these little differences, you know, an initiative versus – a constitutional amendment, just, uh, you know, the, the difference yeah. of, of just, you know, not having a whole lot of heart, uh, but also having people that are paid to sit there. You know, I mean, yeah. there was so much passion that was involved and, and to see it get as far as it should have, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's saddening, but at the same time, it, it yeah, also you know, probably lends a framework, you know? Yeah, it really shouldn't be saddening. And, and, and I, and I, I think it's really important to recognize the, the incredible effort uh, of the people that ran the, the, the safer 2014 initiative. I mean, you know, these, these are people that went out there, uh, because they knew it was the right thing to do and they, they couldn't, couldn't stand not doing it. And, and so that's just amazing. And, and not, there is no effort in that that's wasted in any way, shape or form. I mean, I see people saying, seeing safer, uh, safer shirts all over town, safer protests on corners, you know, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. Keep the conversation going. It keeps people it keeps it in people's minds, and and that's usually important. I mean, that's basically two years of, of free sort of media that we've gotten while while the organized efforts uh, had to sort of coalesce behind it. Uh, we, you know, I I I, I knew from the get go that that that, that uh, initiative process was not likely to make the ballot, but but I'm sure it's how glad they did it. Well, definitely, they they created a buzz. They they created a lot of discussion because of those those hard. The, the hard work that they put forth, you know, and, and in the back of my mind, you know, I always am afraid of is, is that any ground that we can gain could be thwarted because, you know, people under, understand what it is. In fact, that people that talk, you know, negatively about, um, you know, even uh, the, the current um, uh, uh, medical law that we have. And in fact, you know, while it may be strict, it was, you know, under my understanding, it, it was geared for sick people, you know, and, um, offered and afforded a lot of freedoms that other states never got. California, you can get fired for being a patient. Arizona, you yeah, can't. Pretty, you know? pretty much every state uh, up until Arizona. Arizona was, was, was the first state that expressly had that, uh, that protection written into the initiative. Maybe Michigan might have had something similar, but Arizona was really the first state where that was uh, explicitly protected. So. Yeah, I mean, the initiative did, did uh, things and, and really improve upon a lot of things. And, and there's a lot of people that, uh, a lot of patients, a lot of sick people that would be in jail right now if it weren't for, uh, for that law. It's important to note that it was ground. It was ground that we got. You know, so, I mean, the, the grumblings that, you know, I generally hear is the, the you know, the, the no grow, grow. And, you know, I mean, I, I got a beautiful garden in the backyard right now. You know, I've got eggplants. I got some artichokes. I got some Brussels sprouts. I would love to have, you know, some, uh, you know, some Indian red hair, creeping ganja. I would love to have some, you know, some old school Maui. Wow. I'd love to have that. But if I have something in front of me that gives me uh, the ability to not go to jail and have a safe, effective place to get, I'm going to vote and say, yeah, let's do that. You know, I mean, we yeah. can always push forward yeah. and get more ground. Once the ground is gotten, we can get more, you know, it's harder to give it back. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion by any means that there will not be uh, some version of home grow in, in Arizona's 2016 adult youth initiative. I mean, if you listen to the, the sort of the national group that back these initiatives, uh, Marijuana Policy Project, uh, Drug Pro uh, Policy Alliance, 
uh, and and the, the, their donors. You know, I was just at a business conference uh, a couple weeks ago, and both the the, the lead uh, representatives of those organizations, Ethan Nadelman from DPA and Rob Campia from NPP, both got on the stage in front of 3,000 people and said, you know, we believe that, that personal growth, and personal cultivation of cannabis in your home or home is a fundamental right that every American ought to have. And, Absolutely. And, and so, you know, I, I think that, 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 that there's a great possibility it may end up in Arizona's initiative. But that being said, we have to very, we absolutely have to keep in mind that our, our, our medical marijuana law only passed by 4,000 votes. And, and when they were uh, preparing that initiative, they pulled this issue of home grow. And they, they, they made the policy decision that if we had unlimited home grow, uh, it, it, the initiative might be in trouble. And so that's where this sort of 25-mile rule came in. It's been part of the law. It's not really a rule. It's just kind of a misnomer. But the 25-mile language in the statute, that came in because they were afraid the initiative wasn't going to pass. And, and frankly, I think they made the right call at that point in time. So we need to do that polling. We need to get out and figure out whether, you know, including that personal liberty, which, again, I believe should be in there, if that will jeopardize our, our initiative uh, in 2016. And if it does, if, if we do conclude that it, it will jeopardize the passage of it, uh, you know, I personally uh, and will be in favor of setting it, even though at the end of the day, that's not what I would prefer. It's, it's oh, getting, without a doubt. I mean, people, people still aren't going to go to jail for possession, right? Exactly. You know, and, and you know, I, I've known enough people um, in, in my day that uh, had beautiful, bright futures in front of them, and uh, they were crippled afterwards and and they wound up in menial jobs because that was all they could get after having a felonious possession charge that is devastating a burgeoning career having those things removed are what always should be our focal point a society that doesn't remove all of our ability to function and and prosper and be happy kind of like what you know we're supposed to be so the, the the drafting and you're hoping to have it in by february so that's Pretty soon. So you guys got a lot of work in front of you. And so when does the, the polling begin or has that already happened? Well, so uh, all of this stuff costs money. <laughs> I think that's really important to remember that. Uh, you know, the, the overall effort is, is slated to, to cost us about uh, 2.5 to $3 million. We're, we're nowhere near that yet. So uh, we, we need to raise some money. We need to get out there and, and talk to dispensaries, to safer groups, to normal groups, to, to their benefactors, to their constituents and you know every small amount helps so that's where we need to be and, and once we start getting that money in we can determine whether how much polling we can do you know polling is expensive it's just a simple statewide poll on one question is going to cost you between five and eight thousand dollars and certainly the more you're able to spend the more accurate results you're probably going to get uh okay. so so there there's and that's a single issue on a statewide issue uh and that's the poll you know i don't know two three hundred four hundred voters maybe at most so so it's, it's a pretty small sample size. You know, those, those sorts of things cost a lot. Every single signature that we're going to have to get, which again, I think we're going to need at least 250 I'd like to have closer to 300 uh, it's going to cost $2. So that's $600,000 right there. Fundraising efforts, uh, we're, we're somewhere in the vicinity of, uh, of 75000 I believe, uh, raised since, uh, since basically end of October. So, you know, it's a good start, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's a start. <laughs> We've got a long way to go. Got just a bit to go. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. 
Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis business plans for owners just like you to ensure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, folks. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Ryan Hurley and uh, part two of our uh, Anatomy of a Bill. Uh, how, how it happens, how we put it together, how we make uh, our, our laws uh, based on what we would like them to be. Um, and, and that's important. You know, I think in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, uh, cannabis uh, in, in all of our future, it, it's going to be adult use, tax and regulate across the country. And, you know, there's, there's so much passion in, in the communities across the country, in the activist community especially, that, you know, a lot of these things we, we need to take into consideration that we can change, you know. Uh, there's that prayer, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. You know, honestly, everything around you, you can change. And knowing how to change them is important. And, and that's why we've had this, uh, this, this uh, segment on, on the anatomy of a bill, you know, just the, the process. And, and, you know, again, for me, it's, it's important because I had no interest, to be honest with you. I had no interest uh, in the grand scheme of things of what, uh, you know, the, the process was until recently. And, uh, you know, I, I see through social media just how many more people are getting involved in these, in these topics. So, you know, that's kind of why I, I thought it would be good to have this conversation. So, again, Ryan, thank you so much for, for being with us tonight. Um, so we, we've gone through, you know, again, several uh, different topics, um, you know, the, the, the kind of the drafting process, the, you know, how, how you, the, the steering committees uh, discuss and collaborate uh, to a degree. You know, the, the number of signatures uh, that we would have associated with uh, an initiative versus, a, you know, say a constitutional amendment. 
the difference that legislators may have in trying to overturn or, uh, you know, overtake, you know, like if you're in Washington, D.C. and had uh, the, this recent uh, battle legislation pass and how legislature could actually overturn it if they wanted. So far, it seems like they don't want to get into it just yet. We'll we'll take a look at that soon. But um, it, so far, it looks uh, like it's going to be holding. So, you know, again, diving back into it, Ryan, um, you know, what do you think uh, is the possibility and the probability that Arizona is going to pass a tax and regulate as it stands now? So I, I think it's a good possibility. Uh, it's not a foregone conclusion by any means. You know, I, my best guess is if, if we held the vote today, we might win by one or two percent. So, but the, the, the difference is the vote isn't held today. We've got two years of intervening things that may happen. And, and while I, I likely think that most of the good, most of the news out of uh, Washington and now Oregon going to be Alaska and it's going to be news, you know, our opponents are going to take these two years and they're going to double down and, and they've got new sources of funding and, and new messaging that they're going to try out. And, you know, the, the pendulum can always swing back and forth over the corresponding two years. So we need to consistently um, make our case to voters. And, and if we can do that and, and we're funded well, I, I think we'll win. Uh, that's, that's a, a perfect point that you just made, you know, continuing to make our case. And and it's engaging in conversation and, and freely engaging in conversation, you know, I think that can can sway people's mindsets. My wife and, and a handful, the the PCC and the, the Safer crew have been going down to the, the city council meetings, Phoenix City Council meetings, the last couple of them, and having, uh, you know, their, their moments, uh, specifically talking about cannabis and, and either um, decriminalization in the city limits, a... Uh, a defelonization or a just simply a lowest priority. And and that's something that every one of us could do in our own town or city councils to continue those conversations and keeping it in the forefront and, and potentially, you know, swaying those people more and more into our cause. And we got two years to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that stuff is hugely important. And I've, I've been watching some of the, the results of that on Facebook and it is amazing to see. Because I tell you, I, you know, as, as part of my previous uh, sort of, legal life as a zoning attorney and real estate attorney, uh, I used to go to the city council meetings three or four times a week. Nobody's talking about cannabis at any of those meetings. It, it would be, you know, it would have been crazy of, uh, of people to do that. And, and to see that happening is really uh, heartening. And, and, and believe it or not, you know, it, people may think that it's not, it's not making a difference. And it may not make a difference that day. Uh, but I can tell you there's, there's uh, a few things that city council people uh, – listen to more is that people that consistently show up at meetings that are respectful and, and their peace in their three minutes. And, and you continue to do that. You continue to make little inroads here and there. And then they start to see you not as some sort of foreign entity that's a crazy hippie that, that just wants everybody to get high and whatever. They see you as a human being that has legitimate concerns about the, the welfare of your city. And, and that's a huge perception shift. And, and making that perception shift allows you to, to uh, open that line of conversation, that, line, that dialogue, and convince them, ultimately. So it's great. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've done little myself, so that, that actually would be a shout-out for my wife and, and uh, Eric Johnson. That one's Indeed. for you as well. 
you guys are going out there and doing that. And, and we need to get everybody out there and, and doing that in, in all of our cities. We need to, while we're, we're in uh, the line of the grocery store, you know, just kind of engage in random conversation, not be afraid of having those, those moments. And, and, you know, going back to an earlier topic we had uh, last episode, you know, uh, ability that we now have, you know, for members of society that would have lost their status by talking about it. Now they have the ability and the freedom and we need to encourage them to be free in speaking out these topics because it adds more weight and validity and more momentum to the cause. The more that we have, the, the more powerful we become. And it's important. You know, we're always going to have the people that shout from the, the, the sidelines and we absolutely need them. But we also need the other ones that never could before, our professors or, you know, our academics. We need them to talk and to, yeah. to assist in this whole process. And I think we're we starting to, to having, get it. We are. And we need to be having these conversations with, again, the people that don't smoke cannabis who maybe have never tried cannabis. And, and these are the people that they're, they're, they're afraid. And that's what we need to, to make sure that when we have those conversations with those people, we, we, we humanize it and we make sure that they understand it's not, it's not to be feared. And, and if we can, if we can eliminate the fear associated with it, we, we win without a doubt. So, so, you know, those paper t-shirts, that's a great way to do it. Wear it to the grocery store and, and, you know, you're going to get some looks, but you're going to get people that'll ask you and, and, and you can have those conversations. It's probably really hard to, to understand and respect where they're coming from and, 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 you know, understand why they're afraid. And if you can understand that, then you can convince them that then they shouldn't be. Absolutely. And, and, you know, while you're wearing those shirts, make sure that you're respectful, you know, you embody what it is that, that we all want. And that's, that's our freedom. And, and when you're wearing, you know, a, a shirt that does something that, that is for the, the, the cause, you know, make sure that you, you do so and, and your steps and your footfalls are accurate. You say the most poignant things that you can possibly, and, and you don't say things that uh, could be uh, misrepresented. You don't, you know, obviously, you know, do things that could cast a negative light on the shirt, you know, so, <laughs> you know, or that message, you know, I think it's, it's important that, uh, you know, a lot of us, you know, we're, we're careful in a lot of regards, you know, because there's so many lights that are cast on us right now, you know, with, yeah. uh, whether it be like the medibles and, you know, people getting crazy on, on dabs and you know, we know these things don't happen, but we also have to make yeah. sure that they don't happen. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, crazy can happen well, regardless of what you're on. You know, I mean, you can have a bad yeah. day, you know, but uh, you, you know where I'm and going. The, I do. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the thing that, that I think resonates the most is the message doesn't matter if they're not listening to the messenger. Right. So, exactly. uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that, that these people are going to listen and hear you. And, and, you know, sometimes that, that means stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit try to understand where they're coming from uh because if they if they're not listening to you it doesn't really matter what you're saying you know let's uh let's take a quick break um when we get back uh part two with uh, ryan hurley uh, and the marijuana policy project we'll be right back with you folks stay tuned for more state of cannabis only on cannabisradio.com when we return setting fire to the stoner stereotype Sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. 
CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Ryan Hurley with the the Rose Law Group, the Marijuana Policy Project's 2016 Tax and Regulate Initiative coming to your doorsteps real soon, folks. Ryan, thank you again for coming with us. We've we've covered a a bunch of different topics. Um, You know, I'd like to to kind of get your your feel on... um, you know, just some of the uh, the recent successes that we've had, you know, in, in, in the, the whole uh, spectrum, you know, with our, our new two states coming on board, as well as our, our, our country's capital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, for me, that was one of the few bright spots of the election uh, last month. Uh, but but it was really a, a big bright spot because, uh, you know, the, the funding for some of those initiatives was, was not as, as uh, robust as they would have liked. And most people were predicting that Alaska would fail, uh, that Oregon would have been a lot closer than it would have, and, and they both passed. And not only that, but we have uh, decriminalization in our nation's capital. Well, frankly, I think that's only halfway. I think they really need to go to a full tax and regulate model as well. Huge. And, and, and so far, it appears that the Congress has every intent of allowing them to do that, which is great. Uh, so, you know, the national conversation really continues to, to tip in our favor. And even Florida, which, which all technically was a failure, I mean, they got 58% of the vote. It's just because they require a constitutional amendment in Florida, you need to get 60%. And that's almost impossible for just about any initiative, uh, much less one that's related to cannabis. So I, I chopped that one up in the win column as well. Uh, we're just, you know, it's just going to take a couple more years to get there in Florida. But uh, those are huge, uh, great, great movement forward. Oregon, uh, Oregon really was an uh, interesting evolution of the process, and I think will be a, a good learning point for, for us here in Arizona. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, industry new participants, people, more people coming out of the shadows into the light, uh, you know, doing, doing what's best in, for this country. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a, an exciting time to be an, an activist. A lot of activity with the activist communities across uh, the world, really. Um, you know, whether it's due to, to social networking or, or social consciousness that seems to be, you know, pushing forward a little bit. But, you know, it's, it's an exciting time to be an activist. The fact that we have states that have medical cannabis and we have states that have tax and regulate. Oh, and, and we have states that uh, allow uh, gay marriages. You know, I mean, the, the, the social paradigm seems to be, uh, softening to 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 such a degree that it's just exciting you know that that we're getting yeah. to a point that uh you know we can actually you know live free and prosper you know we can we can actually yeah. start living what the constitution offered and afforded us to start with i heard a uh, uh, uh you know i'm not really sure where i fit in these days but i'm a 
I'm a Republican that thinks uh, gay, gay, gays ought to be able to get married and defend their cannabis crop with their gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, it's, it's an amazing, strange time, but amazing. And, and the fact that we can actually have these conversations and they're gaining in momentum every day, you know, we're, we're getting more and more freedoms and, and, and I think we, we don't need to be afraid of getting freedoms or all of our freedoms all at once, but we need to always demand our freedoms so that we get them. Learning how to, to ask and change uh, uh, the way our, our laws are presented to us and not just taking a, a blind eye to it or you know falling asleep in class because it's so <laughs> – yeah. Democracy for better or for worse is a, is, a, is a process, and it's a long process, and we're really, in the grand scheme of things, a pretty young country, so we've gotten a lot of things right, and, and we need to continue to work to, to remedy the things that we, that we haven't done. Well, thank, thankfully, we have you know people like yourself that, that can actually get in there, and, and for, for all of the rest of us, lots riding on it, my friend. I, I have high hopes for you. <laughs> I have high hopes yeah. for Arizona what we're about to achieve and and we're going to do it so gracefully i think we really do have a, a lot of uh, beautiful wonderful people communities we have a lot of wonderful people in in arizona across the across the country that love cannabis and, and i i'm excited to see a, a society that uh, no longer fears but can just go back to embracing everybody's uniqueness beauty and enjoy each other Indeed, and it, it's a team effort. You've got a lot of different different interests, with different backgrounds that all want the same thing at the end of the day, and, and we really need to remember that. And, and it's a team effort, and the more we can all stand in the same sense, the better chances we're going to have of making progress. You know, Ryan, I want to I want to thank you again. This is it's been a it's it's been a wonderful uh, experience. Um, the, this whole thing, this whole ship that I've been on lately, and and seeing people like yourself that. Uh, that put yourself out there. You know, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You just have a lot of passion behind it and a lot of hope. What we're getting back now is a, a wonderful thing. History being written, what we see now. And, you know, I, I myself, I want to thank you for, for what you do and what you've done and uh, what you're about to do. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dave. Likewise, like I said, it's a, it's a team effort, and uh, I, I consider everybody out there that, that's working towards this goal is, uh, is part of the same team, so... Uh, thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, you know, anytime, I'm always happy to talk about my favorite subject. Let's keep the conversations going. Let's keep people on on point. The things that we want. And we only are going to do that by teaching people. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Again, Ryan Hurley with the Rose Law Group and Marijuana Policies Project. Uh, have a wonderful night. We'll talk to you soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.